What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, gig economy news and interviews, sponsored by Para and ParaWorks. I'm your host, SJ. It's time to get it on. Happy holidays, everyone. Thanks for bearing with us there. Uh, I want to welcome Ron. Ron is from entrecareer.com. Um, so, Ron, it's nice to see you after such a long time. Good to see you, too. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, if you are unfamiliar with Ron, you guys, uh, he has a great audio podcast, and he has a he has a great website. And, he, and on that website, he, he puts a lot of really good articles that are easy for you guys to digest. You'll understand all of them and they all make sense. And he definitely is somebody that I go to a lot because I like that Ron does the research. He doesn't guess. And if he guesses, completely guesses, he says he does. Um, but I like that he deep dives things and does the research. So uh, check out entrecareer.com, you guys. It's, it's in the show notes and uh, check out what Ron does because it's it's great stuff. So before we jump in, um, Ron and I just met for coffee today. We both live in the Denver market, obviously, and uh, we hadn't met for coffee in a bit. And we, like normal, uh, talked for probably about what two hours, a little more maybe. Yes. <laughs> and then we then we thought let's let's get let's get a live stream now because if if some of you remember last year that we ended the year by doing I think one of the last live streams I did and absolutely the last audio podcast i did was with ron kind of about where we were and uh what we thought was coming up ahead a little bit um so if you have any questions uh guys in the chat or anybody here in the chat today uh please post them and i'll, I'll take a look here in a little bit so okay ron you ready let's go <laughs> all right so Last year, you and I were breaking down how there is no way around independent contractorship for the gig apps. I mean, they were there. You just can't. And that still holds true. And for most drivers, workers uh, in this space, uh, we, we want to keep this status. And you and I included in that group. In fact, we talked about that today. If it if there wasn't even if it's a change in some some form of gig app uh, independent contractorship. And we can get into that a little bit, but it would need to be because if it goes to a full employee model, um, I've said this before, but I really want to hit home to this. I would have no part of it. I mean, this is not, I'm not looking to do a W2 work for Uber, DoorDash, Insta, any of them. And I I also need to say that I also wouldn't trust my uh, my job stability very much. Even in a W-2, these are not companies I trust. I know all big companies can get a little weird, but um, I don't think they're going to keep uh, stopping the good fight to stay independent. 
It's just that a lot of things Ron and I hit on today were that along that way of keeping up the good fight, when they're given these little windows of opportunity to like maybe better themselves a little in image or in their market or even the space and, and do the right thing, I feel like, and Ron and I were talking about this, how they still will cross the line. They'll be, have a line drawn that even seems acceptable. And they just, and I'm talking about the same day. They're like, well, then boom. And they go. So, Ron, uh, <laughs> with all that's going on, thoughts, 22, 2022, 2023? Yeah, I know, you know, a big part of this last couple of months has been <clears throat> Department of Labor coming out with their new proposed rule and you know, going through the comment period and all of the things that the way that they're going to define whether or not somebody is an independent contractor or not. Uh, basically, they're trying to write a law without going through Congress. But, you know, the, the one thing about that is a lot of people are saying, well, how can you work with these companies when you can't trust them? You know, shouldn't we force them to use employees so that um, there's, there's a little more accountability with that because with employment, you know, there are more laws that they have to follow as far as how they treat their workers. And I get that. Um, I, I, I understand that. And I think, you know, like you were just saying, Steve, there are so many things that they do to try and get away with stuff that uh, they cross the line. And, and I don't trust these companies one bit. Uh, there's, you know, especially the major ones, especially. But making them my employer is not the answer. Because no, it's, it's actually the polar opposite of the answer. <laughs> it is. It is. Absolutely. It is. Because, you know, the, the thing is, is I can't trust them, but I look at them as these guys are my customers, you know, DoorDash and Uber Eats. They're the ones that I see as my customers because they're the ones that send me the money. And customers are going to try and screw you. That's just the nature of the beast when you're running a business. And, you know, so that's one thing. And, and, and uh, they definitely try and do that, but at least I've got some control over the situation and I've got the ability to say, no, you can't do that. If you make them my employer, everything's changed now. All of a sudden, this company that I can't trust, they're not going to become model citizens. They're not going to become, all of a sudden, these great companies to work for. This is not going to be, you know, DoorDash is never going to be, you know, top 500 places to work for because no. they're just, they're shady, they're unethical, they're DoorDash. <laughs> and yeah. so, I, know, I would doubt, I, I would, I would, I would even go as far as to say none of the giants will ever. No, no. No, I, yeah. I I I agree with you. There's there's not a single one of them that I would trust as my employer. There's no way I would give them that kind of power over me. And just like you said, if it ever came to that, I'm done with delivery because yeah. there's no way that I am going to let one of them be my employer. There's no way I'm going to let them tell me what to do. They can offer things to me and I can accept or decline. And I decline a heck of a lot more than I accept, but there's no way I'm going to work for them. Right. So, and, uh, and I think it goes a little bit to like, as we were discussing today, I mean, like understand guys that Ron and I have some 
like really when it's when we're not on the air when, when we're just talking things are flying really quick but there was a point when we're like i mean both of us kind of i think we're in that same moment of wait are we employees <laughs> and both of us hardcore agree we are not however it's it, I, I go back to this line in the sand thing when i say that i don't mean like it's equal ground for both sides and here's the line in the sand i mean it like like these gig companies get a huge win and the line gets put in their advantage in the sand. And then they're still like, nope. And they just almost immediately overstep a new transparency or non-transparency issue, make a new game on the app uh, that people can challenge your, you know, are you awake enough? Are these games actually hurting, like it, 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 making chances for more accidents? There's all these studies have gone on forever but it's like complete transparency. And then, but has it gone so far now that, I mean, you guys, like part of the reason we're doing this isn't just because we did one last year. Also, this this uh, proposal is a big deal that's going on right now, a very big deal. And it plays into this. And uh, this also will apply to obviously traditional ICs too, but um, I like the way you said it earlier, Ron, if you want to, if you want to try and give it a tackle for the proposal, because, you know, I, I kind of put it more in just a federal hat, you know, it had some, it, it obviously can be a, a um, you know, a, a pave the way type thing, but I saw it more as just the one major control they had was a federal minimum wage, but you kind of hit on some other points that I think we need to address. Yeah. And you know, that's part of the problem is that there are so many different definitions of who's an employee. Um, the federal government has a number of different definitions, and each department that handles something to do with employment has its own definition. IRS has a different definition than the Department of Labor, and, and each state has their own definition, and each entity has their own um, their own piece of the pie that they watch over. So, you know, big deal has been in California with AB5. And that determines whether or not you're an employee in California. But it only determines as far as whether the state sees you as an employee and or whether the state sees you as an independent contractor and that has to do with state unemployment and or state unemployment insurance, workers' comp, uh, things like that. So it's things that the state operates. IRS, of course, has to do with um, whether you're subject to self-employment tax or regular employment tax. Does your employer have to pay half of your taxes for you or not? Uh, things like that. And then the Department of Labor is over the Fair Labor Standards Act which handles things like um, minimum wage, overtime regulations, um, family medical leave, um, certain discrimination laws, things like that. And so, and that's where this rule is, is with the Department of Labor. And so the funny thing is, is California passed Prop 22, or the, the citizens of California did. And according to California law right now, independent contractors for um, app-based uh, programs like Uber and DoorDash are actually independent contractors by law right now. 
that depends on appeals to that law because uh, right now it has been ruled unconstitutional, but they're appealing it and everything. So it all kind of depends on what happens with that. But the thing is, is California can call you an independent contractor, but the federal government could call you an employee. And each can stand up. Neither one of them causes the other to be wrong or right and their things. But it all has to do with what things that they're overseeing. And so that's that's kind of the weird thing is every state has different things. Um, California uses an ABC test where there are three tests and you have to pass all three of them to be able to be an independent contractor. Um, this new law with the Department of Labor has six different tests and basically it's subjective. They look at each of those and they weigh them all together. And it's almost like each one is a vote. But I was, I was it, just going to say, I don't even know if we talked about this today, but I feel like like even to, after talking to Kim and what I read, Kim Cavan, I feel like it's like going to be like kind of case by case basis. Like I know this can't happen, but I almost like foresee like a room, like a just like enter exit and a guy behind a desk. It's like, eh, yeah, yeah, you're good. And, and actually, what's going to happen is they'll check if if they if they think that uh, a company is dodging the laws, then they'll sit down and they'll take a look at each one of these diff six different things and say, okay, did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? And and then at that point they have to decide. Um, then they have to decide are the things in favor of independent contractor status greater than employment status and things like that. And then that determines whether or not they're required to pay minimum wage or overtime or things like that. I think one so. of the better examples that we talked about today um, that kind of really hits home on one specific, we'll have to pick on them because it is what it is, but DoorDash, I mean, we could pick on any of them. It's just, this is what we happened to talk around today a little bit. And DoorDash is straight up breaking uh, the independent contractor status. And we, we pointed this out in a few ways. I'm going to start with just one top dasher alone breaks the independent contractor rules. There's there's a place where you could make that argument because because offering something to somebody based on performance or whatever based on well, based on whatever you want when it comes to independent contractors mm -hmm. offering it to a select few but not all is not independent contractorship. Well, and and there are a lot of markets where it is really hard to get on the schedule of DoorDash. You know, um, everything's grayed out almost right away as far as the scheduling. And so a lot of people feel like they have to be top dasher in those markets in order to be able to for work the, when they for the dash work. now privilege. Yeah. Yep. Because you can dash anytime. And, and for DoorDash, it's, it is a nice perk. It's really the only true perk of being a top dasher. Um, you don't get better offers. They don't even promise that you do anymore, but that's a different story. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the thing about it is, is that, you know, the primary factor in just about any test or the one most common factor as to whether or not you can use independent contractors is whether or not you control the work that the contractor does. And right. a big piece of that is scheduling. Well, if you if you have to accept 70 percent of your orders in order to be able to go out and work, 
That is DoorDash controlling the contractor. And under any test, you know, including the existing ones. Yeah. That, and by that, I was even talking that. about, we could even go back in time. We could go to the original IRS test. We could go to the Barella test. We could go to the ABC. I mean, this is this is across the board. It's it's very simple stuff. And you could pick, like, if you're wondering where I, I was doing some research with Para. We used a couple different documents um, that I've sourced in the videos that I talked about them, where we got the 10 independent contractor rights that are just kind of general across the country. My my challenge is to you, you guys can go to any law website, wherever you want, that's a, a legit website and find the rules of independent contractor. They're the same. They might just be in a different order or whatever, but they're the, they're the same in this country, no matter where you find them. To like some there's, extent. Um, yeah. Yeah, they weigh them differently, but there there are generally most of them have the same factors. Um, the IRS rules are really all around control. They're all different yeah. things that determine whether you control. Uh, there are some others that they go into a little more about the nature of the relationship beyond control. So ABC test is if you're doing the same line of work as the company. Just by that alone, you should be an employee. And so, right. and that doesn't get into the IRS thing. But yeah, it's all, it all kind of depends on, you know, who you're talking to and which ones they say are the most important, you know. And, uh, you know, control has been a big one. The Department of Labor has actually tried to, with their rule, de emphasize control. Because that's right. one thing that's usually kind of in favor of gig workers. There, there are a lot of areas that we do have control over what we do when we go out, different things like that. They want to de-emphasize that and point more to, you know, the nature of the relationship and, and things like that. And or redefine control to make it look like it is an employee relationship. Unfortunately, it's like they can determine this. Um, one. You can't change. They can't change the law. They don't have the legal authority to change the law. All they can do is write a rule that tells how they interpret who is what for enforcement purposes. And but you know the the problem is is that they use this new rule, and if it changes the definition, then that leaves them wide open to lawsuits and challenges, which can drag that out. And Uber and DoorDash and all these others have got the war chest to be able to fight that. And they can drag it out and they'll probably win. The problem is all the other independent contractors that are that they don't have clients, you know, freelancers that don't have clients that have that big legal fund to be able to fight this. Yeah. And, and by the way, this is where we separate some things. So Ron and I also at very length today talked about the traditional independent contractors and by which I don't even almost don't even want to call them ICs, even though they really are the ones were undefined in the gig realm. But I mean, I just want to call them self-employed entrepreneurs, um, uh, pro golfers. <laughs> um, <laughs> I find that funny, but true. Um, you know, uh, like you said, freelancers, writers. I mean, we, we talked about the attack that'll happen on writers, but before we even get into that, I mean, this is this is some of what DoorDash has going on right now is that, you know, DoorDash gets challenged, they get sued, and they keep a top dasher model in place. They have 
hit, uh, hidden tips. You can't see the tips. They have, uh, it seems like a, de a decaying lack of transparency. And by that, I mean, going back to that line stepping thing I was referring to, it's like, it's like a dare. It's like once a place is like, okay, fine. It's like, they're like, well, that's not enough now. And they just, and they're, they're doing things that are so overstepping. And then uh, we have the, um, the diamond program. We have the hourly Ron and I ripped this hourly thing to crap because that is an employee. Mm -hmm. And here's yeah. what I, here's what I think. And Ron, I didn't tell you this even when we were, when we were having coffee, because I, I just thought of it on the drive home. But honestly, here's what I was thinking about. Remember when I said, why even allow the one cancellation? I feel like that's just their way of saying he has control. <laughs> he can yeah. decline one. Absolutely is. Yeah. <laughs> the whole history of gig economy, starting with you know the early days of Uber and Lyft and getting into delivery, has been all of these companies trying to walk as close to that line as they can and step over it wherever they can get away with it. And you know, so and and that's part of the reason we're in the middle of this mess right now. That uh, yeah. I think they've done that so much that there's enough people that are saying, "Hey, this is this is not right," and they try and push for laws to change that. And honestly, if you ask me, I mean, you know, it's it's a question of whether they misclassified their workers, and based on what the company is doing. I think they are misclassifying. I think that they are expecting employees at the independent contractor price. And, exactly. you know, and so I think that they are, they have, they have abused the independent contractor status. And I um, feel like for, for years that went overlooked because I like the way you worded that because there needs to be a win where we become independent contractors because like I was telling you, you know, my, the laser company that I've worked for since 97, they're coming back so strong. I mean, things are going to, and I'm not necessarily that one thing, but things are, other things are coming back in where I, I'll keep the gig work. Absolutely. But I need to keep all of it open to me and shutting this off shuts off a lot. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like the way you said that, that, you know, they're obviously it's easy to understand that they're expecting employees and they want to pay ICs. That part's yeah. easy because yeah, there's no taxes. I can tell you from running a business myself, and Ron is probably very familiar with this too, is that um, you know this uh, payroll can kill you. Payroll can kill a business. <laughs> that alone, just payroll can. You could be doing well, and payroll can kill your business. Sure. So them to be able to get away with that, but at the same time, knowing none of us want that. That's the win-win. That's, that's, that's why the they thing. double line cross. Hey, yep. Pedro, thank you for that. I appreciate the Merry Christmas super chat. Appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, that's the thing. It, it is like, you know, and especially with the pandemic happening as it did, and people got laid off left and right. And how many people were able to keep food on the table because of being able to go out and do DoorDash or Uber Eats or some of those different things. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's that freedom there. The vast majority of gig workers want to stay independent. 
And oh, by you know, by a long shot. And also, yeah. let's I do this all the time, but let's remember, guys, 15% of the gig economy is 30 to 45 plus hours a week. Uh 85% is uh 13 hours or less a week. And the what is the 60% is uh, seven or eight percent. I don't have it in front of me, so I don't want to quote it exactly. But seven or eight percent of the gig economy. So you got eighty-five percent that I don't want to say it this way, mean, but really in the in the big picture of the things we're concerned about don't matter because they'll be the type of people that find out this happened after it happened. If an if any kind of employment push comes, because they'll find out. Oh, I can't just work the app anymore. No, that's gone to an employment model because most likely, or uh, they would have to they have another job or source of income that is their W2. And this is just something for some extra scrap on the side. Um, so, you know, it's only 15% of us really, really, really matter. And I think I, I, I need to say that. I think they like the, the fighting for AB five really didn't have a ton of people. It just were the people that were that mad at the gig companies and other things that were pushing it. But it, even though it was a, like, you know, let's say it was 5,000 people pushing that, you know, at the at the things, only like two, 20, 15 people would show up at all their events. So it's like it barely looked like anything. If you really like shut the apps down and said, pick a side, you'd find 99% over on the IC side. I think they just did a good job at marketing the, the people who had had it. Just a personal opinion, but no, I agree. I think I mean I think that it can still be saved. I I think there needs to be, like I was telling you, Ron, I think there needs to be traditional self-employment. Start calling it maybe that too, or something, which encapsulates everything. Um, you know, if you're if you're an entrepreneur or investor, if you're a poker player, if because guys, poker players are independent contractors, even if they're even if they're sponsored. And poker play, pro and amateur is a lot of people in this country. Um, pro golfers, every pro golfer is an independent contractor. So by these laws, would no longer be able to be a would in tournaments unless they were a W two employee that committed to all the tournaments or something. I don't even know how that would look. Um, but you know, I think there's a way out of this. I just think it needs to be defined, like we were talking about in Europe. Even though Europe has a little issue keeping them on track they push for that middle worker class so that not everybody has to be straight ic from the 1970s 80s but doesn't have to be a w-2 we've got to have a hybrid in place or at least find a way to move the gig economy back to ic because otherwise i don't want to say it because if everybody had a w-2 it's not but otherwise isn't that <laughs> I just feel like that's a push at like socialism sure. in a in a harder way. And I'm again, I'm not trying to be political, but I feel like I can make that statement because I don't want that. I don't want socialism, but right, right. Yeah, I uh um well, it'd be so easy to go down that rabbit hole right now. <laughs> I know, I know. And if if Ron and I were at coffee, this would be an hour talk and you guys would never hear it, but <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but 
you know, and, and the thing about it is, is if they could just, if they would just enforce things where they are right now, rather than go out and say, we're going to force you to go be employees. How about, um, you know, stop these companies from crossing the line or something like that. Why, why couldn't they do something that just says, okay, you know, when, when somebody's deactivated unfairly, that they need to have some due process and, or that, you know, you can't force drivers to accept certain amount of orders and, you know, step into those type of things rather than make it an employee, you know, either or type of thing. And because I think part of the problem with it is, and this is the whole thing with, you know, we kept talking about how close they walk to the line. Part of the problem is that when you say, okay, we're going to weigh these factors against these factors. And if it's an employee or if it's more employee than we call it employee, or if it's more independent contractor, it's independent contractor. But when you do it that way, what happens is DoorDash can say, we're going to, we're going to do this much just so long as it doesn't outweigh this side of it. We're going to do yep. as much as we can get away with without yep. crossing the line so far that it pushes yep. that. And, and so what it does is it gives them license to find areas where they can cross the line. Yeah. I need, I need to address this. So Roy, I know this is something you joke about Bush a lot. Um, you, you know, I'll say from our discussion today, Ron and I were, we had points about why this is a thing, could be a thing, could be an issue. However, I can straight up 100% answer this for you that you, we are not employees because if we were, where's my W2? And where is the payroll taxes that all these companies owe? So there's no employment model in place, period. <laughs> I, I will argue that one, you know, all day as far as I think from DoorDash's perspective, we're probably closer to being employees. In the oh, bank, or that's what they're trying to absolutely. Get. And I think he's alluding to, because I know Roy, he's, allu he's alluding to control, which I've talked about with Roy on many occasions. Right. But um. Oh, does DoorDash get or does Grubhub? But I mean, like, there's no, there's no way that we're employees because if they, if we were, here's, I guess, here's another way to look at it. If we were, DoorDash should be out of business. I think the other side of it is <laughs> they'd be bankrupt with 1.3 million dashers in the country. But for yeah. us as individuals, it's, it's about how we approach it. It's about how we do it. Do we look at it as DoorDash is giving me? You know, DoorDash is going to make or break my money, you know, that if if I don't make money, it's DoorDash's fault. If I do make money, it's because of DoorDash. Or is it something that we're deciding to take control for ourselves? And and that's where I see the real difference is that if you approach it from I'm running a business mindset, then that's where the difference lies. And so yeah. if you're deciding that, no, DoorDash doesn't tell me what to do, I can I can take whatever orders I want. And if I don't like what DoorDash has given me, I'm going to another customer who does. And so, um, so in that regard, yeah, I'm running a business. I am not an employee. Um, yes. But I do understand. This is a comment that I think uh, kind of is what we were 
trying to get around today. Like mm-hmm. there, there, even if it's going to be separate, there needs to be a classification for the, for the gig industry. Like, I mean, dude, clearly here's the deal. We're not, you know, there's no more running since these companies have started going public. <laughs> there's no more running anymore. Like now regulations come now things start happening. And I, you know, we've said for the last year, we don't want regulations. Nobody wants regulations, but at this point, I gotta say, I'm starting to feel like some regulations are needed. Um, you know, obviously, I'm pretty vocal. Ron knows that. Ron's pretty vocal. So we'll get our voices heard and stuff. But, like, um, I do think that something's needed. I think that by saying that, we need to be very careful because what you are the people who don't want regulation start opening up to regulation. It can go real far, real fast. Um, but you also... Up there about does uh, Grubhub get taken to the shed in 23? Yeah. Because we were talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. I I think when I was on here at the end of the year last year, and I was making the, uh, I I was commenting that I thought if any company did go to the employee model, it might be Grubhub. Um, That I thought either, you know, they're going to be, they're either going to switch to an employee model or they'll get spun off. And, uh, uh, just eat the company, the European company that owns them now has said they're up for sale, but they haven't been spun off yet. And that's going to be interesting to see what happens to them. You know, is, is some other company going to buy them from Grubhub or, um, or do they just continue their decline? Cause they've, they've been going downhill for a good three years straight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Roy, laughing out loud, your W-2 model is hired and fired on their terms. You follow their rules. You paid through them or not. They dictate what jobs you get. First of all, I don't, I actually can debate every part of this. That's not true because W-2, they're not paying W-2 taxes. Hired or fired, they can't hire or fire me. They can deactivate me, Um, but there's no, and then there's, and, and, and the burden would be on me. There's no process for me to go out and get unemployment let's take the pandemic out of it but as a gig worker there would be no process for that um you're paid through them uh yeah that 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 could be technically technically argued on every saas platform uh software as a service platforms um they all pay that way um or if not they dictate the jobs that you get again unless you're going for top dasher which i'm telling you I think breaks the independent contractor rule alone, but unless you're going for t- top dasher, they don't dictate anything. You can pick what yeah. 1%, whatever. Yeah. And there's, there's a couple of things I want to kind of point out on that. You know, first of all, compare that to, let's say you're an accountant. Okay. You're an accountant and you do the accounting for two or three companies. They can hire or fire you, right? They can, I mean, they can, they can agree to use you as their accountant or they can move on to somebody else. So that's no different. Um, you're paid through them. Yeah, they pay you. That's no different. So none of those things determine whether or not you're an employee. Um, the one part that would determine if you're an employee is if they do dictate what you do. And if you've got the mindset that they dictate you, then yeah, you, you're the employee, my friend. Uh, you're the one that's being dictated here. I'm not dictated anything by DoorDash. And, like, and, uh, and so like, let's point out the hourly even while, while you're right there. 
the hourly, yeah. if it took away the fact that, so Roy, if you're still here, so Roy, if they took out that one, that you're allowed to, to decline one per hour, because we all know that, I mean, how many does Mr. Flex or Nova see? I think they told me approximately two to 250 offers a day. They only take about, what, 13 to 17 of them? That's horrible statistics. So, I mean, if you're only allowed to decline one, that doesn't even do anything. That's not even a perk they're giving you. It's lit literally just so it isn't W-2. That one little move makes it not W-2, but they take that away. They just made you an employee. Because if they say you get no declines and you have to take 100% for the hourly pay, you are now defined by every every state even. I can't think of a state that wouldn't even back the federal government on that one. You can choose you know, what you're doing. And really, those offers that they send on your phone, it's like a bid for your services. Here's a, here's some, here's a delivery. We're going to give you $13 to do this delivery. Will you accept it? Yes or no? And, and honestly, I mean, I'm multi-app, so I turn on several apps. And so DoorDash sends me an offer and I say, no, I turn down that bid. Uber Eats pops up with another offer. No, I don't want that. DoorDash comes back with another one. It's like, oh yeah, that's, that's the one I want to take. It's, it's worth it to me. I'll accept that. And so you're, and ultimately you're doing some negotiating by doing that. Uh, you can't set your rates, but I'll tell you a lot of businesses where you can't set your rates. And yeah, I was so, going to say like that, that argument is still being held up by a lot of people. And I, that one's always been a little odd to me because it's like, I, you know, I do independent contractor work for laser. I don't ever set my price. <laughs> they they basically say, they say, Hey, Steve, are you available these dates? And then they email me over, Hey. This is the day, this is the day pay. It's out of country, so it's five hundred dollars a day. Um, you get here's your international per diem of seventy five dollars a day. You'll be gone for ten days. These ten dates. Here's your air travel. Here's the hotel you'll be at, and all the details. But that's it. You want that or not? Yeah, which Think is what I call YouTube. full transparency. The guys that make money on YouTube, you can't negotiate yep. your rates with YouTube. It's like take yep. it or leave it. You know? Do you want yep. to do advertising <laughs> on here? Yes or no. Uh, my website, I do advertising and uh, I don't, I don't, I don't negotiate my rates at all. If they're not paying me enough, I can use a different company to handle my ads for me, but I'm not setting yeah. any rates or anything like that. I make some money off of uh, affiliate programs where if people buy a product or something off of one of my links, I can get a commission. Once again, I don't, I don't have any control over the rate. I don't, you know, if, if uh, I, I was going to say too, I thought it was funny when you were telling me about the website and um, the company that you primarily work with for the website that does the, does some advertising. So, and yeah. they, I, I thought you had it flipped at first. Cause you're like, you know, I would be their I would be their employee. And I'm like, it's your business and you're, and you're, you're working with them till the next best thing comes along. Sure. And, you know, so it's, I mean, there, there are a lot of businesses that way. If you sell products on a commission, it's, it's take it or leave it. You know, it is, you know, if you're going to go out and you're going to sell this widget and you get $3 every time you sell it and there's no negotiating that $3 for, you know, and there's a lot of businesses that have that type of a model and they can't determine the rate. They can determine whether or not they're going to try and sell it. They can, they can, 
dictate their activities around it, but they can't set the rate. But that doesn't mean that they're not operating a business. And so that's why that that argument about setting your rate is is a fallacy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's a fact. It, it is it is a factor, but there are so many other factors that there's not one thing or two things that say, yeah, you're absolutely an employee because of this one or two things and stuff. It's you know, I mean, no, also they you know. A, in, in, or, or independent contractor rules, we can use any tools at our disposal too. So I know there becomes a line with some things, but like there is, you know, you, you can kind of set your rate through through the Middleton tech apps and through para. Sure. You can set, Hey, I'm, I'll take these there. Here's yeah. my, and, you know, here's my parameters. Here's my, you know, so you are, you actually can buy a third party app be setting everything. Yeah. I don't want to go to I that building. I don't want to. I don't even use an app. I just. Um, right. You, you've, you I mean, I, I all of a, us, like, a, you know. It's a 50 we, cent. We get rule. it after a bit. Right. If, if this order is going to pay me 50 cents a minute or more, I'll take it. And it's yeah. real easy. If it's, if it's a $13 order, I got to be able to get it done in 26 minutes or less to make it worth that. That's my rate is, is, yeah. and, which is 30 bucks an hour. And if it's going to pay me better than that, I'll take it. And if it's not, I'll pass. And so, yeah, I've, I've set a rate, but I, I didn't negotiate the delivery fee or anything like that. No, but right. um, because I know mostly what an, art, uh, an offer is going to pay, uh, it might be a little bit more, but usually isn't. And if it is, it's like 50 cents more because it's DoorDash manipulating. But, you know, it really comes down to how you look at it. It really comes down to your attitude. It's like, if you think you're an employee, then you're an employee. And you know, that, that, that's really about it. And, and uh, I got, and I gotta, I gotta say that control, that's a different matter. This is a point that you and I hit on a little bit today, which is that most almost, I mean, like you guys, even in the chat, I don't know how many are in here, but Somehow notate if you ever if you ever did independent true independent contractor work before the gig economy, or if you came straight from a W two to this. So I guess put W two in a comment or something if you came right from a W two to this because um, it's not a it's not a bad thing, but I truly, it's not like any of these apps show you what that means. It's not like anybody's like making sure that you know what that means. You know, you're just going from W two to this. So like. Why do you th like we were talking about? Why do you think they put the acceptance rate in there? Like there were some years, Ron probably remembers this, like 2015, where if you went, they were Uber and right and, and Lyft rideshare was paying so good that you didn't question things. But if you went under an 80 percent uh, acceptance rate, you were deactivated that day with no, you, you couldn't come back at them. So there was an actual if you go below, the, there was a time it actually mattered. But like now, it's simply put in there as a as a test or as a um, for the newbies and for people who maybe are going for top dasher, but primarily for the churn rate of newbies coming onto the platform and saying, wait, this literally, this must matter. Cause I mean, these yeah. are the same people, all of us. It's I'm, I'm not picking on anybody. I do it too. Um, luckily Gary reads it for us, but I don't read the terms of service sometimes, you know, uh, Gary luckily breaks it down for us, but like we all, have been in that stage where it's morning, we're ready to start working. We
we go to work and it's it's got a TOS update. Are you telling me that you sit there and read it before you click agree and let you want to get on the platform? No. I mean, and they know st- how to strategically plan these times to be like 3 a.m. on a Friday or a Saturday when it's going to be busy. And they just know. They already know nobody reads it anyway, almost. But now they know nobody's reading it. You know, because what what can you click? Send me a copy, but then you still have to click, okay, I agree to get on the app. So it's, okay, send me a copy of whatever I just agreed to. Yep. So, yep. you know, I, um, fact, the transparency the level. Service, you don't even have to agree to them anymore. Uh, yeah. At least DoorDash did. You don't even have to agree to if they make a change. All you have to do is turn on the app, and that is by nature agreeing to it. So, yeah, and I mean, I mean, think so. I think that you know, I was trying to real quickly, Ron, put down some notes from the minute I got home. Like, well, (laughs) it was so short, but I did hit on. I remembered the Instacart thing we were talking about. I wanted to mention this again. So, Instacart went from forty-eight billion dollar valuation in March of twenty twenty-one to a $24 billion valuation in March of 2022 this year. And right now um, they are at $13 billion. I thought it was 16 earlier, but it's $13 billion. Um, when I was doing the math, I didn't have time to fully do it, but so it came to my head. It's, it's over. They're, they're hemorrhaging $2 billion of their value per month. So at this rate, they've tried to I, they in, in December uh, 2021 they said they'd IPO in 2022. In 2022 they actually set a date that was end of summer. It was like August something, and they missed that. And then just now they said by December 2023 we will IPO. Well, at this rate of losing two billion a month, even if you give them a little bit of clout, they're in a, they're only around for six and a half more months. Mm-hmm. before was, they're bankrupt doordash was 245 dollars just last november a year later yep. they're 53 bucks you know yep and lift is and lifts on the nasdaq at some ridiculously low price they're like 11 12 bucks mm-hmm. and they launched what they launched in in i believe in 2019 uber and lyft went public uber on the on the dow lift on the nasdaq and Lyft, I Lyft IPO'd at $78 and was under 40 when that day's uh, close trading in six hours. So I guess my thing is, and we talked about this a little bit, when these when these uh, on-demand gig platform apps go public and they, do you have assets? No. Do you have employees? No. Do you have vehicles? No. Do you have buildings? No. Like I, I don't, I don't think that the market knows how to deal with this. So I feel like Instacart's sitting on the sideline, going, "Look what happened to all these companies that IPO'd," but at the same time, they're just getting docked to the point they have no value. So is it? I mean, is that part of all of this big picture too? That these companies were never worth any. Way? We all knew that there weren't going to be flying cars, or most of us did. Right. <laughs> um, we wouldn't be just that everybody be cool with us just taking off and flying around and everything. And it's all good. And we mm-hmm. all knew that, uh, autonomous, um, and in fact, I just look, I just, I've been doing things on autonomous, but I got something I'll be sharing tomorrow night on the round table. It's a video piece from CBS, San Francisco, where the two reporters, and, and I say that because it's, it's mainstream, usually mainstream 
works with Waymo and a lot of these crews, a lot of these autonomous companies in San Francisco to the point they'll say some truths, but they don't dog them. And they straight up said that, you know, this, they talk about what I've said, you know, the deadline has been pushed so many times. Let's be honest. Um, there's not a chance in the next two to three decades of seeing true autonomous can drive, pick you up, take you where you're going. They threw every company under the bus and they were talking about all the issues too, that these cars are having. So, I mean, these companies were making up departments in my mind. Hey, this is autonomous. Hey, this is our flying cars and making it seem very valuable. And before they went public, it was, it was all these, and, and I've been out there. I get this, the Silicon Valley game that moves through the Bay area. Um, no, we lost Ron for a minute. He'll be back. But uh, the Silicon uh, Valley area, you know, it's, uh, all these companies just all are willing to throw money into each other if there's any sense to be made of it. Even though, and I wish Ron was here to hear this because he was the one that said it, was that, you know, everybody's following the same formula right now. So uh, it's, nothing's new, you know, it's um, literally everybody, everybody, anything that comes out isn't like a new algorithm. And isn't going to be a game changer. And it's not going to be like, oh, this is this is the, the giant disruptor that's come in to like fix everything. In fact, even the little companies that are starting up are modeling on, on these horrible algorithm patterns that abuse people, that don't pay them right, that don't leave you in a, uh, in a place to uh, <laughs> uh, in a place to make any money. And, uh, you know, it's. I don't know. I, I feel like, uh, like Ron, I was hitting on the fact of you, we were talking about how there needs to be a disruptor, but there isn't one. Like right. there needs to be somebody who comes in and doesn't follow all these crazy wow. ideas. Yeah. Cause right now, yeah. Uber eats and DoorDash and Grubhub are all the same company, pretty much, you know, the, the same Pretty much the same pay model, pretty much the same everything about the way they do things. Games, uh, non-transparency. It's like it's like it's like they're following a playbook of evil things. Yeah, and and none of them are making it. <laughs> no, I I did this. I wrote this thing at the end of 2019, so right about this time three years ago, that said my website might not be around too much longer because it's it's about delivery. And I'm not sure delivery is going to be around because it's it's a business model that doesn't work. And at that time, I think DoorDash was on the brink because this question whether they can continue to get funding while they're losing money hand over fist. And none of them were doing well at all. And, and it was kind of like, at what point do they start going under because it's such a bad business model? And, sure. and I think the only reason they're still around that there's even a discussion is because the pandemic, when everything shut down and people needed delivery and all of a oh, sudden yeah. they blew up as far as customers, but they never figured out how to be profitable. I mean, you, yeah, let's, I mean, honestly, and I like you and, you and I have talked about this. Grubhub, Grubhub, was, Grubhub was the only one even, and I said doing good before the pandemic, you changed that to doing okay. <laughs> which is which is probably a better read you're right it's it was it was doing okay but the others were failures complete mm -hmm. failures 
And then the pandemic hit, and even rideshare rideshare had its troubles. But in one day, rideshare went bottom up, and in that very same day, delivery blew up like nobody's business, and so did Instacart. People hadn't stepped into the Instacart space yet, like DoorDash does, or Spark does, or all those. Like nobody had. It was just Instacart in that grocery space, and they weren't really doing that well. Yeah, <laughs> they're doing okay, yeah. but and you, you know, know and it just are. it flipped, but everything blew up. And it's like if if I would think that at this point people understand that the food height. Yeah, there's still a lot of people who love getting it and stuff, but it will it will come down and down and down a little bit at least in every market yeah you know especially during times when 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 the dollar's tight and things like that like we're in now you know it's you're gonna feel it so you know is i guess is is so i'm an easy answer on this so maybe ron can answer i know his answer but you know why is it not from your and my standpoint anyway, because some people might truly believe this. And I hope that those that do really have done their research on this, because I have, I know Ron has, I am not a fan of unions. I am not a fan of um, a W-2, not just in general. I've had W-2s. I've had great ones that I liked. The laser company I contract with now, I, the first three, two and a half years I worked for them, I was a W-2. But I was actually... Um, I was a salary position. So I learned what abuse is because <laughs> you guys, you know, that's another thing. You guys think that like we're abused in the gig economy, try salary job yeah. where you're, you know, where I, I know there's probably better limits these days than when I was doing that, but like, nonetheless, not really because production work is production work. Wait, so maybe I'd have a 40 hour like, week, but then they'd send me on the road for 80 hours, 90 hours a week for four weeks. So you have a job, you get paid money for it, but forget about your life and your hours. That's gone. So, I mean, I think we're all moving to a flexibility thing, but how do, so, okay, let's, let's, let's do this because I told Ron, we're going to keep it to right around uh, an hour here. And I, 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 we could go on for so, so long. So let's, Let's do this. Ron, give us a, the best breakdown that you got on maybe what 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 you think might come about in 2023. What's a good play for 2023? Anything like of that nature, advice, um, you know, just based on what the trends that you and I talk about and that we see, what do you think is a gig worker's best move right now? Um, keep your options open and have an exit plan because, well, there, there, there are really two big things that we've talked about now that are both things that should be concerned uh, of concern for people. One is, you know, the state and federal governments trying to force an employee model. And if anything happens, it's going to take a couple of years. But what do you do? But remember, guys, that doesn't just touch the gig economy, too. We're talking about the right. 59 million. So writers. Right. But you know, anything that happens, especially with, within the gig economy, if they change the laws, 
it's going to take a couple of years for it to actually put a stop to things just because the amount of time it takes to do all the appeals and fight it and go through all those things. So it's not like something's going to happen right away. But I guess the question you've got to ask yourself is if DoorDash went away tomorrow, what would you do? How would you replace that income? And, yep. and there's a possibility that it might not happen tomorrow. But the other question is because they're not profitable, what happens if it reaches a breaking point for these businesses that they say, we can't keep doing this. We have to do something completely different. What do you do if one day you find out that they've totally changed things up? And so you got to ask yourself, what would I do if that money goes away? And if you don't know, you know, I think 2023 is a good year to start finding out other ways to do something. And, you know, I think, I think the more you really or more make it or even more make it yours. Yeah. If you can figure that out. Because if you've gotten really good at this gig stuff, there are ways to make it yours. Yep, absolutely. It's it's the hard. It's a hard rely, road. The more you rely on one company, I think the harder it's going to be. If you're doing only DoorDash, I think you're going to struggle more in 2023 than in 2022. Um, I, 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 think, I think they're slowing down. And, and I think they'll continue to. And, you know, so... Keep your options open and look for other opportunities and figure out how to mix more of these things together. You know, and that's the first one. And and the second one is, I mean, if if you love the heck out of doing delivery work or ride share or anything like that, ask yourself, why do you like it so much? And for most of us, it's the freedom. It's the flexibility. Start asking yourself that question now, which is how else can you do something with that? What are the other opportunities? How can you take that experience that you've got running a business and being free to do it and, and turn that into something else? And, you know, let 2023 be the year that you start figuring out what to do next. Um, gig work is always going to have a ceiling. It's always going to be, oh, you know, you can make some good money. In each market, too. But that yeah, market, but the ceiling usually correlates with the cost market. of living. So really, it comes out to be the same. I would say on the average, it usually peaks out at $25 to $30 an hour. Um, if you're really, really good, you might be able to you know, squeeze out an extra $5. There are some markets where it's higher than that. But there's, you know, it's only ever going to be so much. You know, it's it's not like next year you're going to be doing 50% better. And and so I think I if, think if you continue along the same line of just going with these dabs. Right, right. Clearly clearly all of us could be doing that much better, so sure. And yeah. you know, so but I think that there's there's tremendous experience in making your own decisions and being your own boss, but you've got a much higher ceiling in so many other things. That's why I've got a website now and uh, you know, why a lot of guys have moved on to YouTube and other content things and other people moved into other businesses altogether. Um, it's, it's like, to me, gig work, rideshare delivery is like the gateway drug to really blowing up as, as an entrepreneur. You've got elements. You've got elements of it, but 
it can be a great training ground and it can be a great step to the next thing. So I think that's the big thing for 2023 is be ready to say goodbye to deliver. It may still be around. It, it, it will be in some way, shape or form. It's, it's too essential a part of the thing. But I think what I would tell you is you can, you can do, if you, if you were one of those that's able to do really well at gig work, it's usually a sign that you can do really well at a lot of other things and probably a lot better at other things because you've got the initiative. And so maybe this is the opportunity to start thinking about where is that? What is that next step? What are those things that you could do? And, and start looking for those things. And the beautiful thing about doing delivery is um, you've got a whole lot of time to learn. Not as much freedom sometimes with rideshare because you got passengers in the car listening. But, you know, what I'm talking about is audiobooks and podcasts and things like that. And you start finding an interest in anything and all of a sudden just saturate your mind with all that stuff and, and figure out, you know, and I did that with, you know, how to do podcasts and how to do websites and how to, you know, figure out the search engines, you know, how to figure out how to be good on Google and stuff like that. And, you know, so all that time out, I'm out delivering, I'm getting paid to learn how to build my business. And, and I think that's yep. the kind of thing I, I've been preaching that since I first started my podcast. But, you know, yep. have an exit plan. And if you don't know what your next step is, make that your next step is to figure out what it is. Even, yeah, I would like to continue that a little, even if it's a temporary exit plan, because maybe you're like, I, I don't know, but I feel like I'm coming up on a crossroads. Like, okay, that's, that's fine. You know, like people go to work at restaurants and stuff for a while too, till they figure it out. So, but have something, I guess is, is how I would tweak it out. Have something outside of this prepared in your head. Could I do that if I had to? Again, you can put it into it if I had to situation because that's kind of sure. what we're doing. But um, I do think there's still, I think it, it depends on your market. I really do believe that. Um, look at me, like I do curry in this market. I've gotten other people on curry. I've suggested to people in some markets, people don't get the offers I get. And in this market, I can't earn. I have never seen Instacart orders like I have in some other cities, not even one. Um, so it really is market to market what you can do, but I'm going to continue on with what you said too, is my final thoughts is, uh, diversify, diversify like you never have before in 2021 going into er, near the end of, uh, what, what was it? 2021 middle of 2021 multi-apping was really starting to get bigger and the pandemic was still going on. And then, uh, the, you know, the money died down. So more and more people started multi-apping. Um, and then people got into patterns in 2022, I think. And they've, I was saying this, this way to run, like, I know some people have three, four, 10, 12 apps running, but here's what I say. Let's say you have five running. Let's say that one in numbers, one and two are the ones that you do 90% of your work on. Number three, you do 10% of your work on and numbers four and five. You don't even remember the last time you worked them. Here's my advice. Don't delete that app. Go on that app and work even, I mean, try and find the best one you can clearly, but obviously if you've been turning it on to multi-app, it's not providing you anything that compares with the others. But I would say I've seen a lot of deactivations that are uncaused and sometimes they're done simply from just on some apps, simply just from not using them. So get 
a delivery in on your other apps. And at the same time, put more apps on your phone. Get them all going now because at a point they might start doing more waiting lists like Curry does or things like that. Or they might start, it might not be as quick and easy if they force people, if they force these companies to not use Checker for a $250 cheap background check, but tell Uber and all these companies that now they have to pay a real company, not Checker background. But um, when we were looking through the para ones, there are, there are background check companies that are considered very good in this country that cost 10 times as much as a background check from Checker. So there's a reason why Uber and Lyft go with the cheapest background check there is because it's the cheapest and they churn so many people through the system. So, you know, you could get deactivated for that. So I would just say, put every app on your phone, become familiar with it. I guess only put it on your phone. If it's an app you would honestly do in some situation, if you had to, like if you hate grocery shopping, you can't, it's not my favorite thing, but I'm building a little dumpling thing. But if you hate it, don't even, you can't stand it. Probably don't put all the grocery apps on your phone. It's not a good idea. I mean, that's not your exit plan or that's, even that's part of your <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I you know, I got burned on one last night. I, I won't get into it because I see John McCallion, a good friend of mine from California in here. And uh, he knows if I start talking about Instacart, he'll use it against me. But I actually took one last night, <laughs> thought it wasn't bad, and it was bad. But it was the best, like, on in, in a picture, it was the best thing I'd ever seen in a year on Instacart. <laughs> I was like, whoa, it was near me. But the item count was high. Um, the store was a zoo. Uh, it was like last night at like 5, 5.30 with the holidays coming up. And I don't know about, I think everywhere in the country is going to be feeling this, but Ron, Ron and I are getting, we're actually preparing for a negative one high tomorrow and a negative seven low with a negative 50 mile per hour wind chill. Um, so uh, not the normal Colorado weather. Ron was saying he was biking the other day. Right. <laughs> uh, and that's kind of what Colorado is. You know, it's like, don't think that we're that ne even near that negative one. We're actually doing like a, a, what I would call like something to be concerned about the temperature dropping that much that quick. <laughs> You know, that's like, well, well, you what's can, going you can, on here? You can for go ahead and think that it's bad here in Colorado because <laughs> it's getting a little crowded. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. we don't want to get too many people moving in. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got, yeah, we're full. <laughs> Just, you know, and I, Wyoming guys needs population big time. Oh, yeah. and it's a beautiful, yeah. and it's a beautiful state. You can still get into it cheap has Jackson Hole, has the whole Jackson area. It has Yellowstone. Um, it has, oh man, Wyoming's awesome. But there's more, I can't remember, was it deer? Somebody had a weird stat. There's more deer than people in Wyoming. That's funny. <laughs> and I guess it's true. There's Laramie, there's Casper, there's Omaha, there's Jackson. But there's even uh, all the other towns you're going to see really are like, two to 300 people <laughs> so <laughs> it is a beautiful country though but um hopefully guys take this all you know this is not a the sky is falling run go get a w2 no. tomorrow quick before the holidays are over there's still money to be made in this and it's not the it's it's not dying the gig economy is going nowhere and globally 
it's going nowhere globally. It's it's it tripled in the past two years, and it's looking at going like six times as many people by 2025. And I was saying this to Ron. Some countries are moving to like union type models, like we don't want here, but like the administration's pushing. And then some countries aren't, but we're the free country of the world. How are we going to like explain that to people if we go to a union model in what is going to soon become the biggest industry um, people work on on the planet, which is the gig economy? I'll just say it that way. Look into all, all things too. Look into Rover. Look into renting your yard. Look into, uh, that's the thing that Hannibal and I talked about. Look into luggage delivery from the airport during the holidays. It can pay up to $500 a day. Um, look at, uh, um, dumpling. I'm loving it so far. And I run everything. I price it. I'm in complete control. It's a little harder cause I gotta get my own clients. Um, look into curry. If you haven't already, it might be great in your area. Um, you might be waitlisted, look into new apps, look into websites, look into last mile services. I'm all about that. Even if it's not curry, I think Viho has a good model. I think Bungie's good. I think that, uh, freight is good. But in my market, Curry's hands down the best. Um, but Last Mile's big. Look into Last Mile Medical Courier. That pays huge. That pays insane. So, I mean, like, I tell you guys, Hannibal and I do the Beyond the Algorithm. We talk, you know, I talked about it on my channel. He talks about it. We talk about it on there. Look into other things, you guys. Diversify. Don't just be in just the three giant delivery apps and say, well, I don't want to do rideshare, so I'll just stick with these three. Because that part of the game could change. And so it might be nice to have some other things, you know. Like Ron said, he doesn't even want Instacart. Well, I have Insta I hate Instacart. I hate it. I think it's one of the big... And, and here's one of the reasons why. And I don't think I've said this in a while, so I will say this before we sign off here. But um, one of the reasons I hate Instacart the most, you guys, is because... They have a bot problem that is out of control. And I don't understand why they don't address it. Because here's the thing. You can go on to any social platform. And if you put the word Instacart, and I'm not even talking, Ron, you probably know this. I'm not even talking about hashtag. If you just write Instacart, like on Twitter even, you know, it's you will have like in about 10 minutes, people saying that they can get you reactivated or they, they can get you into this bot account. So it's like, Instacart is aware that anytime their name is mentioned on any social platform, the bots approach them immediately. So why don't you just address it and get rid of these bots that no other platform has? To me, I, I've always thought, I always feel like the bots are part of Instacart. You know, like a behind the scenes sketchy thing. You know what I mean? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But... Regardless, I, I, I mean, that's to me, that's it's so transparent how untransparent they are because they're like, they know these bots are out there and they don't care. A lot of times the, the answer is they don't care, but this is a big one. It, it doesn't allow any other good orders. and um, They seem to be okay with people charging third party service fees to get you bots and get you batches. So, um, but with that said, uh, I'm sure we covered a decent. We covered a decent amount of what we talked about. <laughs> I know that we're probably missing some things. Yeah, for sure. And uh, um, thank well, you guys for joining us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and thank you, Ron, for uh, for after doing coffee, doing this because I think this is important that people just 
here this again it's not the sky is falling it's just get a get 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 aware get on it get you get get activated on some new apps you know be you know have more of an arsenal i guess that's that's the way to put it make your arsenal as big as you can challenge before the new year <laughs> so yeah, I think that's uh, with, the thing is don't don't be static you know don't 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 get stuck yeah. with one or two things um be ready to move on because the gig economy is going to change some way or another. We don't know exactly how, but it will change. And you just oh, want yeah. to be ready to make, to adapt and adjust to those changes rather than getting caught flat footed. So I got to say this before we go, you guys, if you haven't, again, if you haven't checked out Ron's, uh, channel um he actually has a youtube channel but i know he way more promotes the website it's entrecourier.com you can find it in the show notes he writes great articles like seriously really great you guys would, would you, i know you in here would love the the way that they that they roll he also has a, a great podcast and, and so do i like see all you guys on youtube need to check out the audio world a little bit because ron and i got some great audio podcasts going on for a long time a lot of good stuff to go through and uh yeah um i guess with that said uh ron uh it's been it's been a pleasure uh got i feel like i got to see you a lot today and uh happy holidays safe travels I'm